Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota recap podcast, where we go back and we talk to some of the makers that we've talked to before to check in and see how their business has changed. I have uh, Kelly McManus on the line, and she is with Dumpling and Strand. She was our guest from episode 58. So, Kelly, we're on episode 122. So we've done a few since then. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to see you. I got a chance to reconnect with you. We were um, actually cooking for the Ronald McDonald House recently. And one of the things I love about all of the makers here is everybody is so generous. It was really fun to connect with you again. Yeah, it was a great night. Jillian McGarry, who owns uh, Mostly Made, has this awesome mission where she does random acts of casseroles and so part of uh doing that is going and volunteering at places like ronald mcdonald house and she happened to ask quite a few of us makers to come and be a part of that and it was just a really wonderful evening not only to help support the families at ronald mcdonald house but also to have a little um i called it making an american quilt night with local food producers and just catching up and uh, and yourself uh, just catching up and hearing what everybody's been doing. Yeah. It was and, really neat. It was a neat evening. Okay. So since you and I talked on the podcast, at that point you had a partner, Jeff Casper, and he was yeah. your neighbor. And are you guys still partners or have you taken the business on yourself? Yeah. So Jeff is still um uh, equity partner yep. in the company. He, after the Minnesota Cup, um, you know, we were finalists in the Minnesota Cup in 2017. And after that, he really, he decided that he actually needed to do something where he was actually getting paid. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> so he um, he still helps us with R&D and uh, helps us with technical assistance. And we're actually um, formulating a new uh, noodle uh, in the next coming week or coming months. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say any more than that. But okay. You know, it's kind of exciting and it's yeah. timely. It's like a um, tease that says we need to talk to you again in like four months. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he stepped away from the day to day, and I took over, and we've just been chugging along since. Uh, it's been a really um, interesting last couple of. It'll be about nine months to a year now. Um, lots of bumpiness, but lots of really exciting possibilities that have been happening. So, And you guys uh, moved into the Northeast Food District Kitchen Commissary, correct? We did. We did. So back in January or February of this year, we moved into a space. Um, it's the Northeast Food District. Uh, it's over in Northeast, obviously. Um, and it's part of a collaboration with um, Midwest Pantry and uh, Ellis Properties, and it's this really lovely, it's kind of the step up from a shared kitchen right? Uh, where we started at Gia Kitchen, um, where this new space, we have our own, you know, 600 square foot kitchen, we get to lock it, we get to leave it, we get to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week if we want, and then we share freezer and cooler space with about six other producers. And so by, we're all in that medium, you know, small to medium size. Yeah. And and by doing that, outside of that, it gives you, obviously, some shared resources. Do you have community there, and do you guys share tips and tricks with each other? And 
Yeah, actually, we do a lot. Um, you know, we're all really busy, so we have our heads down and we're working. And, you know, often you have your blinders on and you can go weeks without talking to anybody. But, you know, the minute one of us has either, you know, can you meet uh, a delivery person to, hey, where did you, you know, how did you figure out your Amazon listing and, right. and getting on, you know, FBA by Amazon, just really technical things like that. Um, they're there and really open to sharing that. So it's kind of this shorthand that we have with each other. Um, that's really, really wonderful. I think one of the biggest, oh, sorry. I th was going to oh, say, I think one of the biggest things that I noticed when I talked to you is that you are changing your product from refrigerator to freezer. Yeah, that has been, uh, that has taken up the lion's share of our work this year. Um, we, it was a really, it was a difficult decision, but it was an easy decision. Um, it was pretty interesting the way it happened. Um, we were finding that, you know, at farmer's markets, you know, we're at, we were at Mill City every week. And what we were finding was that people were buying, they weren't just buying one pack at a time. They were buying three, four, and, you know, we had some really, we have some really great commit, you know, really dedicated customers who would buy nine or 12 at a time. And, you know, they mentioned that they'd come to us at the market because then they could stock up and freeze them and not realizing that they could do the same thing if they went to the stores. Right. So what we found is that people's perception when they're in the refrigerated aisle was that it was a use it or lose it mentality. Like you buy one, you use it, and then you go back to the store and you buy another. Right. And it's really contrary to how we look at staples like pasta, where we often you know, we have a cupboard full of dried waiting to use them. So we, there was that thing happening. And then at the same time, we were looking at how to, um, looking ahead at going national, you know, six months out and, and what we needed to do from a production and operation standpoint to get there. And what they really wanted us to be was we had to have products last on the shelves for 12 weeks or more. Yep. And so it was really this contradiction around what we really thought fresh meant. Um, and, you know, some of the big brands that are out there, they're doing that by par cooking their noodles, yep. which, you know, they're already cooked. And we just have the illusion as consumers that they're still quote unquote fresh, but they're, you know, they have months and months of shelf life um, in refrigeration. And so as we were looking at that um, challenge and we were testing out, getting out to a 12-week shelf life, we were finding that our whole grains, which is, you know, really what we stand by is really about this, you know, fresh milling grains and toasting, doing all these curious things to them. Um, by the time we hit 12 weeks, you know, they were all fine from a health and safety standpoint, yep. but the grains themselves were really going flat. They were oxidizing all of their delicate fats in the grains. And so we just, you know, we kept scratching our head, like, how are we going to do this? And so we started looking at the idea of moving into frozen, which really locks in all of those wonderful tastes um, from the start. And we were already shipping frozen to the, the stores, and they were thawing them and then putting the date code on them. Oh, so interesting. That, yeah, we knew that texture and quality were all going to be there. Um and then coupled with the whole taste of the grains, 
and and then also watching you know different um, brands starting to emerge in frozen like pizza doughs and brown broths and other component product products. Um, those are you know ingredients that you make a meal with. Yep. We knew we knew that consumers were changing their perception about what frozen could mean. Um, we knew that you know the whole Marie calendar and Hungry Man from the 80s yeah. was really kind of moving out and making way for new and innovative brands that, you know, you could go in and buy something like our noodles. You can cook them in two minutes. You can make a meal in 15 that is, you know, as good or better than something you would find in a restaurant. Is it harder so, to stand out in the frozen food aisle? Yeah, so that was one of the things that we were really working on this year as well was the way that we pitched that to the stores. So, you know, that is a big concern. The frozen aisles are kind of a desolate wasteland yeah. sometimes. Um, but what what we were finding is that because of that, stores are really excited about bringing people to the frozen aisles. So they're they're spending a lot of time trying to find those innovative products to put in there and kind of shift people's buying habits and right. moving them into frozen. So what we were finding, what we have been finding, is that stores are interested in giving us multiple shelves. Um, wow, so, of, yeah, know, it's easier for you to have more shelf mm-hmm. space. That's a great benefit. Yeah, and then, you're, you know, by doing that, you have more of a presence in Frozen. So, you know, I anticipate over the next six months it's going to be, you know, an, an evolution. It's an education to get people to move in that direction. Um, but what I've found over the last two years in the farmer's markets is that, you know, it's easy for people to get there. Um, they're excited about the product. Right. It's, it's really tasty. It's really different than dried. And, and I think they're making the, they're making the shift. Are you at this point going to have to do like all the sampling all over again, or will you still be having a presence <laughs> in the markets? Yeah. So sampling, um, we're gearing up now, um, we're going to be doing lots of demos, so you'll be seeing us. We just um, landed in Kowalski's uh, in the last month, and so we'll between the co-ops and Kowalski's, um, you'll see us out sampling. Yep. We stepped away from the farmers markets from being at Mill City over the winter just so that we could, you know, really focus on um, doing our best work in the stores, since that's you know eventually where you know we need to be in order to make this a bigger brand yep well that's excellent well it like in terms of profitability are you guys profitable do you feel like this is a thing that's going to make you profitable because you've been doing this how many years now kelly yeah so we're just coming up on our third year um you know we're not profitable it's you know not unlike many you know small businesses um we're we're eking along yep um we bought some new equipment, and that's going to help us, you know, be able to hit the volumes and make our margins better and all of that. So, so you are going to plan. Yeah, you're going to be like a lot of the small businesses that I talk to, which is about year four and five. Yeah, yep, yep. But think so, of all the, I mean, obviously you think, you're thinking about this because this is your business, <laughs> but like think of all the learning that's happened, and, and maybe it'll be accelerated now because you're finally on what you feel like is the right path. You have to learn so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, from a person who is uh, all around experiential marketing and brand development, 
you know, I've learned a lot in the last three years about food and the food system that we we are in and uh, just distribution in general. And it's crazy. It's It's been a really big, I feel like I have an MBA just uh, <laughs> already, a mini one. <laughs> if you had to do it all over again, would you? You know, that's a good question. Um, Jeff and I were laughing. I just talked to him this last week and we were laughing about how many twists and turns this company has had mm-hmm. in in the time since we started it um, and how naive and, you know, idealistic we were when we started. I think that, you know, I, I will always have a business. I'm always going to be an entrepreneur, whether mm-hmm. it's this company or something else. Um, food is a really quirky, fickle beast. And um, if I did something in food again, I'd, I obviously will have a lot more um, knowledge and I'll do things a little bit differently. Probably, right, but, right. You know? Well, Kelly, I have to say I do love your product. It's delicious. Oh, thanks, Stephanie. It's funny you mentioned freezing because when you were in here on your podcast, you brought me like, I think like four packages and obviously I can't eat all that, so I froze them, and they have just held up beautifully. So I'm really excited about the move to the freezer section because I think, for me, that's the way I shop. I yeah. I tend to sort of do a big shop, and then for two weeks I kind of fill in the dribs and drabs. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, this is a great move, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes for you. And I thank you for catching us up on what's happening at Dumpling and Strand. Thanks for being on the Thanks podcast today. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll keep our eyes out, too. Yeah, you said you mentioned something new's coming in a couple months. So we'll keep our eyes out. Thanks, Kelly. All right. Okay. Thanks, Stephanie.